Hello and welcome to MacPreneur, the show that explores how entrepreneurs from all around the world run their business on Apple Gear. My name is Damien Schroers and here we go for episode 16. So, who are you and where are you calling from? I'm Eric Fisher, and I am calling from Marion, Indiana, which is in the United States. Well, thank you for being on the show, Eric. It's, a, it's an honor to have you, a fellow podcaster, on the show. Yeah, I'm glad to do it. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, I've been listening to be on the to-do list for, for a while now. So for the listeners who may not know about your podcast, could you please explain a little bit uh, what it's about? Sure. Yeah. So it is called Beyond the To-Do List, and it is a productivity-based podcast. I say based because uh, it's all about productivity, but it, it branches off from the normal things that you would think of when you first think of that word, start thinking of the word productivity. It's not just about time management or task management or to-do lists or calendars or email. It's all the, it's all of that and more. It's all of those things that inter, you know, integrate with that when it comes to, uh, energy or, uh, sleep or, um, you know, goal setting goals and meeting them. Um, I'm trying to think of what else, you know, rest and having a balance between how much you're working, how often you're working, having rhythms and routines. It's, it's more of a lifestyle of productivity, not a, uh, how can I, you know, grind it out and get things done. It's about getting the right things done. And in parallel to the podcast, what, what do you do? Uh... So the podcast is a side job that I've been doing now for a little over six years And my day job is I am the social media manager at a company called Social Media Examiner. That is a uh, – essentially, it's a how-to brand that teaches people how to use social media for their marketing in their businesses. And I am – you know, my title is social media manager. I manage the social team, and our job as the team is to basically push our stuff out on social Uh, create content for our social channels and spur on our community and integrate and, and uh, you know, interact and engage with our community. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the podcast, so the, the podcast, you have um, advertisements in your show. That's how you monetize the podcast? Yes. Yeah. So I've been, uh, I think even in the first year, I started to have advertisements, but only in the past uh Let's see, in the in the years of say 2015-16. No, let's let's scratch that. This is 2018 as we're recording it. So 2018, 2017, and even some of 2016, did I really see any kind of a significant amount coming in consistently? So mm-hmm. but that is the primary method of of monetization for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have uh, any plans to have other monetization options related to the podcast? Uh, I have, uh, uh, related to is, it's not necessarily, it's, it's related to the subject matter. Um, I have a project that I have in mind and it's going to require me to take some focused time and, and work on it. Um, the other thing is, is the idea between myself and a few other local friends who are avid podcast listeners to create some more podcasts some additional shows that we would all be part of. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so to, to record, uh, edit, publish the podcast, uh, which Apple devices are you using? Okay. So let's see. So I, I would say I'm almost using all of them for the podcast in some major or minor way because they all kind of, play into each other but mainly as far as recording the podcast i'm using my macbook pro which is one year old it's the one with the touch bar it's the the darker i forget what it's called is a space gray that's the color um that's mainly the one that i'm using to record and yeah i think that's i mean to, to record and then i edit on that as well 
and then produce it. Uh, so it's it's mainly all happening there. Now, of course, in addition to that, I'm doing uh, booking of guests, uh, researching of guests, and that happens partially on my iPad, partially on my iPhone. I would say even potentially if it's some somebody I'm texting back and forth with, that may involve my Apple Watch. So, <laughs> but I think that's the extent of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the MacBook Pro, do you use it on a stand or do you have a separate monitor that you hook to it? Or? Yeah. So actually right now as we're recording, it is folded, closed in clamshell mode um, with USB-C plugs into it in, in a couple places. And one of those is to my Dell 4K monitor that's standing here. I'm at a standing desk. And so sometimes I will put it down and out of the way. And then stare straight ahead and, and work on this monitor. Other times, um, I actually have the desk set up to where I've got a small, well, not small, but a, a, it's kind of a high off the ground kind of a chair that I'll bring around over. And I'll put the MacBook right here on the desk and open it up. And so then I can kind of sit for a while. And so I kind of go back and forth between the two positions during the day or just pick the MacBook up and get out of my office and either go sit somewhere else in the house or maybe at a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have, um, I have a standing desk as well, but it's, um, let's say, homemade standing mm-hmm. desk. It's, um, I think it's a kitchen table for me, Ikea. That's <laughs> what mine is. Yeah, I mean, all I, all I did is I've got a, I've got a kitchen table here. It's, it's, I forget what it's called, but it's, it's got a, it's brown. And then we drilled this other stand thing into it that then heightens up where I can put the monitor. And then I've got this other shelving unit sitting here uh, that has drawers on it so that my uh, hands are raised up higher for where the keyboard would go. So I'm not, you know, hunched over. So, mm-hmm. well, it's, uh, I, I really enjoy you now the, the standing desk. Yeah, I, I am as well. I've, I've had this one. Uh, when we moved into this place, I uh, rebuilt one piece to it. But prior to that, I'd been using it for a year, year and a half in my old home. So about two, three years now. And it helps close the standing ring uh, on the Apple Watch as well. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. <laughs> in fact, oh, I think I'm actually already done for the day. There, there you go. <laughs> yeah, so since when are you an, an Apple user? Yeah, so I, for the longest time, uh, I, I used Apple uh, here and there back in the day, back when I was in college, which was, oh gosh, I, a friend of mine, he he had kind of the silver tower at that point, and he was doing video editing in college and all those things, um, but that was about 2001, and then, uh, and I was even editing on an iMac, the old school one with the white and the like, kind of look almost like an egg, colored egg, Um But it wasn't until about 2005, late in 2005, when the very first Apple product I owned was the app, the very first iPod shuffle, the one that looked like a a pack of gum, sticks of gum. And I loaded it up with workout music and would just flick it to shuffle and would just go to the treadmill and and do that or go for walks outside. Um, It wasn't for another year or two later that I then had the first real like I mean the first real Apple product that I had that I really used, which was the white MacBook. That was my my entry level, like I have a Mac, I have a MacBook. <laughs> and uh I used that for about two years and then I sold it because I uh was still working I was working at a university so I could take advantage of the education deal and uh bought a MacBook, a silver MacBook Pro 13 inch at the time. That was 2009. And uh, it came with an iPod Touch, but I sold that to kind of help pay for me getting, you know, so I sold my old MacBook and the iPod Touch that I got for free with it so that I kind of broke even and upgraded to that. And in fact, we still have that MacBook as the family MacBook. It was purchased in summer of 2009. It's almost, um, it's about nine years old. It's, 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 you know, still, still works. I've, I've replaced it with a solid, with a, you know, with an SSD drive and I've upgraded the Ram and everything into it, but I still use that. Um, 
let's see, and gradually, uh, at one point, I didn't, I didn't have an iPhone until, let's see, so it came out in 07, and then I didn't get it in 08, I think. I think it was 09, somewhere when I, I anyway, I got the 3G, but the 3GS had just come out, so the price had dropped, and I, my old, my old cell phone at the time died, and I thought, okay, I'm going to get the new iPhone, so, and the App Store existed and all that kind of stuff, so just as it was starting to pick up. And let's see, I had the I had the first iPad, the very first iPad, like right as it went out, it came out. I actually won it from a contest online. That was <laughs> insane. Uh, and that, I loved that thing. That was, you know, that was solid. That was great. And then and gradually the family kind of inherited it from me. So, oh, gosh. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what else I'm, I'm running. Um, I have the iPhone 8 Plus right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have the iPad Pro, the 10.5 inch, and uh, the Apple Watch Series Three. Any any Apple TV uh, in the mix? Yes. Uh, so that was another thing. I ha- I've had uh, the Apple TV, a couple of different Apple TVs. Uh, I do have the the current, the most updated, the 4K one. And then we've got one of the older school ones, the one with the metal, uh, the aluminum uh, one that we still use it. It's just it's on a TV that people use a little less. So, <laughs> yeah. And um, so what do you like the most about um, Apple products? I honestly, I think there's a cohesion to it. Um, at the time that I got, say, the white MacBook and then gradually I, I, at, at work at that time, I was still using Windows and eventually I was in a position at that same uh, location where uh, they bought me a silver MacBook for work, MacBook Pro. And I thought, okay, so now I'm Mac at home and Mac at work. I don't ever have to use anything but Mac. Oh, this is great. I don't have to be confused. I don't have to – like it's just simplicity's sake. Now, that's not to say that like once – you know, that's not to say that people who are using only Mac products have no problems. But you have you have fewer problems by far. Um, I think it's just the simplicity, the cohesiveness, everything kind of tying together, you know. And 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 there's glitches for sure. It's not perfect, but it's more perfect than Windows, and it's definitely more perfect than Android, as far as I've seen. So, you know, for for whatever mistakes or learning curve there is, or changes that happen to the Apple ecosystem, like that's where I'm staying until something better comes along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, simplicity is, uh, is is really great, and also as you said, the the, the longevity of Apple hardware is really uh, unbelievable. Uh, like you, my my well, my first Mac was an, an iMac, the first aluminum iMac that wore, that came out in two thousand seven. Oh wow! And that machine is still running, and now it's my daughters who are using it. And uh, when I change it, I, I replace it with the um, Retina 5K iMac in to end of 2014. And um, at that time, I was running the the 2007 iMac from an external SSD because it was uh, I, I wanted the, the speed. Right. But then when I, when I um, completely wiped the the hard drive and reinstalled macOS, it was actually faster than before I had to use the SSD because it was <laughs> fresh, fresh, clean install of macOS. And it's, it's unbelievable. I, it's still running strong and my daughters are using the, uh, using the uh, iMac still. It's, um, yeah, I'm, I'm impressed. So, but the, the problem, of, of course, is that that machine cannot run the latest version of macOS. So right. security-wise, it's, uh, it's not ideal. But uh, yeah, it's still running strong. Yeah, even my 2009 MacBook Pro that the family uses, um, I think it can't. I think it can't even put Sierra on it. So I don't know. At some point here, I mean, I've got. I mean, my my laptop. The plan actually was I I I actually did have a that silver MacBook Pro. I had a I had a second one. Uh, when did I get that? 2014, I bought one because I was working from home then finally when I started working for Social Media Examiner and I needed a new laptop. And at that point, um, we just decided not to sell the 2009 MacBook Pro and just keep it as the family um, laptop. I was going to get this new one, the 15 inch, 
and then downgrade that other one to the family that had a retina display and all that kind of stuff. Um, that's not what happened. A friend of mine actually bought it off of me instead. And so, um, at this point, if the family one dies, <laughs> I'm kind of stuck cause I'm like, okay, well we need to buy a new, uh, laptop computer here. I don't know what to do here. So mm. we'll see. Um, let's switch to apps now. So, yes. Which which apps do you use uh, the most on your on your MacBook Pro? Well, I think uh, first and foremost, I think the one that I'm using the most on my MacBook Pro is probably Things Three. That's the Task Manager app, and because I'm using it there, I'm also using it on on my iPad and on my phone. I don't think I think I actually took it off my watch so that I wouldn't use it there. I don't know why. I think there was some sluggishness that was happening and I was kind of surprised and I thought, well, if it's not updated when I open my watch to that app, then what's the point of having it on there? So and I just thought, you know what, I can I always typically have my phone with me anyway. So but yeah, things things three, which is great. I've been using that for for over a year now, uh, when that came out. Um One of the other ones that I use a lot, uh, obviously I'm using Audacity <laughs> for <laughs> editing my podcast. I mean, not obviously. A lot of people would say, oh, yeah, use GarageBand or whatever. I've just used Audacity for years, and rather than learn new software, I've just got my workflows already set up inside of that, and it's free, so why not? <laughs> um, I often am using ScreenFlow from Telestream. Uh, to record my screen and or audio. That's really helpful. Uh, I'm using Slack constantly. And again, that's an another one that I'm running across all the, all the devices to be able to do chats with certain people. Um, trying to think of what the other one was that I was going to say. There's another one that I use all the time. Um, I was for a long time using TweetBot, but they've start, you know, because of Twitter, uh, has started to crack down on their API and make changes. Uh, I haven't been using that as much and I've been using, uh, mainly the native Twitter app. Uh, but that's not on the Mac. I've been using that on, I've been using the desktop, um, there. So, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that's, that's special. That's just, we use Skype all the time. And I mean, that's what we're using right now. I use Skype all the time for recording the podcast as well as, uh, for work chats as well. And then Evernote. I think that's probably the other one is that I keep Evernote uh, running often because that's where I've I've basically I'm using it as a scratch pad and a you know a collection of of data and <laughs> different pieces of information so I can quickly you know uh, capture as well as uh, search for that on any device as well. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Mainly the you know that the, the ones that make the most sense as far as what I do. And, and the Mac. It's funny, I'm using as well Audacity to, to edit a Macpreneur. And uh, when I was researching things, even though I, I knew I had uh, GarageBand on my Mac, I realized there were a lot of tutorials, first of all. And um, I realized that it was really easy to edit the podcast, to select uh, part of the, the track and to, to remove, when you want to remove hums, Or if you want to uh, silence maybe just the my track versus the, the guest track, it was much easier to do that than uh, with uh, GarageBand. Yeah, I, I have always thought, you know, GarageBand is one of those tools that it, it has a little bit of a learning curve. It's not as, I mean, unfortunately, even though it's an Apple product, it's not necessarily intuitive Uh Audacity is just incredibly simple. It's just, you know, I mean, there's literally just wave files that show up in there and you just do what you need to do. I mean, not just wave files, but the wave pattern, I should say. So mm -hmm. for all audio files. And um, what I realize is as well with uh, Audacity that there are some plugins. There are great plugins that, uh, that allow to improve the quality of the, of the recording mm -hmm. in just a couple of clicks. And then it, it integrates so when, when exporting to MP3. Uh, I have a, an XML file with all the preset information for the, the meta, metadata for, for, for Apple Podcast. And so I realized that with GarageBand, you need an additional tool 
if you want mm-hmm. to do that step. So even if even if it was easy to do the the editing part, which I I felt was was not as easy with as with Audacity, you, still there is something else that that is missing before, in my case, uploading the MP3 to Simplecast. So I'm sticking with uh, Audacity. I'm I'm always running one version behind the, the latest one, so I'm still on Sierra right now. And when uh, Mojave will uh, will be released, I will jump to High Sierra. Mm-hmm. And but I'm a bit I'm still a bit concerned about uh, compatibility of Audacity with the latest version of macOS. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I I typically wait um, when they first come out with one. I wait about a month and just. I I look up I have a list of you know my core apps and just say okay uh, is what's the list that, you know are, are are they compatible I, I a lot of the time I'll actually look and see is there an update and does it say uh, you know whatever whatever the new operating system is that it's compatible with that it says something you know high Sierra compatible or something like that so once I know that that's okay I pretty much just jump into it about a month month and a half mm-hmm. after it's out yeah I'm I'm a bit more. I would say paranoid, especially mm-hmm. especially from the security side of things. For for iOS, it's a different story, but for for macOS, because I, I'm using that for my business, I mm-hmm. cannot really afford to to lose data or to lose too much time, and so right. I've, I've taken that uh, that approach. And uh, I don't know if you remember, but there were there were a bunch of bugs. And also security issues with uh, High Sierra. Right. There was a privilege escalation bug, meaning that somebody could get root access to your Mac with just a single click, something like that. It was like unbelievable the the, the little mistake that they, that mm-hmm. slip uh, slip through. Now talking about the the iPhone and the iPad, which um, which apps. Uh, do you use the most on uh, those uh, devices? Yeah. Um, so there's one that I really like, which is called uh, Just Press Record. And that is, well, and actually that's for the the Mac, the iPhone. I think it's iOS as well. I don't know that I have it on my iPad, though. But it's it's definitely for Apple Watch because I have a complication on my watch where I can tap that button in the bottom it's in the bottom center of my watch on the screen that I'm using, and it'll start to use the uh, Apple Watch to record, and then it'll sync across uh, iCloud that file. So it actually comes in handy. Like if I'm having a conversation out and about with somebody, and, it's, and you know, I'm thinking, you know, I wish I had this so that I could uh, listen back to it. Uh, I can do that, and I've done that before. So that's number one. That's the one I really like. Of course, for listening to podcasts, I have to pick an app. So I use Overcast. That's what I've used for the longest amount of time. Uh, And again, I've got Things. I've got Evernote there. Uh, One that I forgot to mention for the Mac, but it's actually on iOS and the Mac, is I use the Spark email app. Uh, It's from Riedel or Riaddel. I don't know how you really properly say that. Uh, I've never (laughs) heard somebody pronounce it. Um, But it's, it's Spark and... That's my email client of choice for for iOS for and for Mac. Um, I like it because it's got a clean look. Uh, I can have all my email accounts in there, but I can clo- certain, turn certain ones off at certain times. But I think the thing that I really like the most about it is that I can snooze emails <laughs> and I can send them to come back around to me at certain times. Uh, I don't particularly like to... Uh, have an email come in and then funnel it off to a folder because I'm never going to remember to go back to that folder and then do something with it. What I'd rather have is, say, for example, uh, I'll have um, you know I've got certain. Let me let me actually pull it up and I'll I'll see here. So if I hit, if I open this one up and I hit the snooze, I can say uh, later today, this evening, tomorrow, tomorrow evening, weekend next week or then a specific day and you can customize all the those different times you can say you know if later today can be two hours three hours five hours you can tell it what your standard later today setting is or even this evening um again tomorrow or tomorrow eve would be friday friday evening the weekend i've got set as 
you know, Saturday morning at 5 a.m. So I'll often uh, sit and do a chunk of podcast, uh, you know, whether it's pitch emails or different things or, you know, all of those kinds of things, little, little pieces of information, emails that I need to just kind of admin, take care of on a, ch- uh, a time block on a Saturday. So I, you know, as those kind of come in, if it's not something I can do a lot, if, if I can do something with it in like less than two minutes right now, I'll do it when it first comes in. If I don't have time for that, then I'll hit, you know, I'll hit snooze and I'll hit weekend. And then I know it's going to come back around to me at that time. So that's, that's what I mainly use it for, but it's just a great email client altogether. I mean, it's, it's got all these other, um, integrations from other tools in it. Uh, you can open up the email in a lot of different things. Um, there's even team email stuff in there, but anyway, I'm, I'm, diving too far deep i guess <laughs> mm-hmm. now I've, I've been introduced to spark by um alex kellerman the, the guest from episode one and uh, so i, I tried it uh, i dabbled a little bit with uh, spark uh, with my personal accounts and um i don't know are you using the smart inbox with spark i kind of went away from that because I like to have it set up in a certain way. And, you know, so I, I don't think I have that turned on. I honestly haven't used it in so long. I don't remember what it does. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, so, so for the, for the listeners, the, the smart inbox is Spark's way of actually segregating the email. So the, the email that looks like personal email, they will be at the top and then it will segregate the newsletters and uh, different based on, on the, the type of emails. And it's, it's done by by an algorithm, I guess, or maybe based on on things that other Spark users uh, have been doing. I don't know exactly how it works, but like you, I, I've tried a little bit, and then it was too confusing because as soon as you would open one of those emails, it would disappear from that smart yes box. I remember this it, now. It, would, it was still there, but it was in another yeah. box somewhere down the bottom. And I was like, yeah, ah, I'm, I am totally against some other system, me, uh, monitoring and managing my email. Let me do it my way. In fact, I won't go into different systems that I've tried, but the one thing that I've gone to is I've created a folder inside of my Gmail and for all my newsletters, as one comes in, I, I, over time, I've created a new rule in Gmail where it says, um, you know, find filter messages like this. Then I'll say, skip the inbox and I'll say, archive it, move it to this folder called newsletters, but don't mark it as read so that I can see that there's new things in that newsletters folder. And when I have time, I go over to that newsletters folder and I'm there, all the newsletters are right there. And I have, I'm intentionally interacting with those, but I don't need those to show up in my inbox. That's interruptive. So, yeah, what what I I prefer now I prefer Spark to the um, native uh, iOS mail client, and uh, so I'm using Spark for the my personal email and uh, the family uh, email address, and then for the um, business I'm still using Outlook. I really like uh, Outlook. What I like in both cases, Outlook and Spark, is that you can protect the access to the app with uh, Touch ID. Yeah, Touch ID is great. I, I love that I have a MacBook that actually has Touch ID and not to mention uh, the iPad and the iPhone. So I think we'll get into that a little bit later as well. <laughs> <laughs> and so you mentioned you have an iPad as well. What what kind of um, tasks or activities do you do on, on the iPad? Yeah, so uh, you would think that I would use it maybe with in conjunction with my laptop and do like a second screen. And once in a while, I do that. Um, there's also an app out there called um, Duet where you can plug it in and can actually literally connect it wired uh, through the USB or uh, lightning co- cord to uh, a MacBook or or it doesn't have to, to another Apple product, a desktop product, and it will actually show up as another display and you can do that. But I rarely do that because one, it's a little bit smaller screen. And, uh, if I'm going to use it as a second screen, it's really to have a completely different set of information there. Not that I'm moving stuff back and forth from. So 
what I actually do is I try to use it as kind of a single task, even though the iPad is super powerful and can multitask and have multiple apps open and all of that. I see that as a weakness for for me, not not for the device. I use it as a single tasking thing where I'm then not, you know, jumping from app to app to app like in my phone. I'm trying to use my phone less. I'm trying to have my phone be less of a pull of my attention. So what I like to do is say, okay, well, I have an iOS device right here with a giant screen that I can sit down or or stand here at the desk and use and either read with it or um, work on my um, arranging my things in my things three, my task manager. I can do that in there. Uh, different things like that. It's It's basically to say, okay, slow down. And focus on the single task at hand, and that's what I kind of use um, my iPad for. It's it's, and again, I do have like a Bluetooth keyboard I'll take with me in a little bag and take this with me, and I can, you know, travel light to a coffee shop or something. Don't have to bring the whole laptop. So, so it's a, it's an iPad Pro. Uh, did you buy the Apple Pencil? Uh I don't typically I, I was going to and my friend of mine said you know, oh you got to get it and I, I almost did and then just never got around to it and I, and I haven't missed it I'm not necessarily using it for stuff that would you know require me to have a pencil you know writing per se in that in that way handwriting things or coloring or drawing or anything like that it's mostly uh crunching numbers or data or moving it around or, you know, pushing it forward, collecting it, that kind of thing. So I don't know. I, I, I almost think that if I'm going to use a pencil or I'll use a real one or a real pen and a pad of paper, I still actually use that. Apple doesn't make that, but I would if they sold it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A normal pencil with, with a, with a Bluetooth tracker or something like that. that right. Yeah. The, the, yeah. That's true. The, the amount of words that you have written in a day, things like that. Yeah. If they, if they had some sort of digital collection off of handwritten stuff, I would probably look into it for sure. Cause I try to, as much as, as much as I love technology, I try to make sure that I'm not always using it because otherwise you start to, I don't know. Numb is probably the word that I, would use is you, you kind of forget where you begin and the devices start and, and all of that. So, well, you you had a, a guest recently, Chris Bailey, on your on your show, working uh, talking about hyperfocus and and scatter focus, and uh, that that was a that was a show that resonated a lot with me because I'm I'm the kind of person who who likes to listen to podcasts whenever I have. A, <laughs> 10 minutes or five minutes, I'm doing some chores in the house and so on. And the episode uh, made me pause and think like, maybe I should allow a little bit more space <laughs> during <laughs> the day and not not cram too, too much um, stimulus, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I try to do that as well. Um, there, but there are times where, you know, I'll go around the house and I'll have a podcast playing and I'll use my AirPods uh, while I'm, I'm doing that. So I'll put a link in the show notes. It's uh, beyond the to-do list uh, episode 238. So you mentioned just press record on your Apple watch. What else um, do you use your Apple watch for? So I, I use it for um, one that I'm really liking right now is actually called sleep watch. So the word sleep and the word watch put together. And I, so I've started wearing my watch to sleep at night and it tracks my sleep. And I was kind of always against this. I always thought, no, I want to take my watch off. I want to charge it overnight. It doesn't need that much charging. Apparently I, you know, I can set it down for, let's see. I mean, I think it's, it's set right now. I mean, I have 99% right now and all I did was charge it during uh, my shower today and and for about a half hour after that, I just kind of let it sit in charge. And, uh, I was just sitting, uh, doing something then. So I was like, I don't need it right now. So, uh, yeah. I, so, but sleep watch is working pretty well. It, it, it gathers the information as you're sleeping and it automatically detects sleep. So it's not like you have to go, okay, I'm sleeping, you know, tap the watch. I'm sleeping now or anything like that. You just literally, now what I do is I, I have, a an extra, what is it called? It's, it's a trick where, what you do is you turn off, you, you know, you go into like theater mode, 
and different things like that. So if you're if you're asleep at night and you you're rolling around or something, you have to wake and you happen to wake up enough that if you suddenly like it it wakes and like is blinding you with light, you don't want that. So uh, so using theater mode, different things like that. Anyways, um, to sleep watch and it's been helpful because the data that it's gathered has given me information saying, you know, uh, you're not achieving uh, deep enough sleep here and here. Here are some suggestions that may help with that. And then I started to do those things and started to get better sleep. And so that's that has helped um, for sure. So definitely health conscious. It's definitely a health um, tool for me. So that's that's uh, sleep watch. What was the other one? So just press record was the other one. And then honestly, I don't put a lot on there. I actually keep it now dark sky. That's the one. I like Dark Sky a lot. That's the weather app. Uh, I've I have found it to be the most accurate. Like the fact that I can get a I can get a real time notification that hey, it's about to start lightly raining right where I am, and then have it literally happen. I mean, it's happened so many times. I can't. I mean, I don't. I, I actually am not the kind of person who leaves that on anymore. That that notification. I don't need to know it's about to rain because <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. So, <laughs> but, uh, that's, that's one that I actually use on my phone and on my watch as well. They're often, often the ones that are on the watch are ones that are working in conjunction with the phone in some way. Uh, tile. Have you heard of tile? I've heard of it. Yes. Um... Tile is so, so I have one, let's see, my, my keys are here somewhere and I could find them, uh, by using the tile on my keys. Uh, I can use it. I can use the tile app either on my phone or on my watch. And so what I can do is right here on my watch, if I were to tap it, which I won't, well, actually, no, I can tap it. Uh, there's a slot that says wallet and there's a slot that says keys. So I've got one that's on my keychain, and it's like the size of a quarter. And then, uh, and it's maybe twice the thickness of a quarter, um, a U.S. quarter, I should say. And then uh, I've got one that's slim. It's like this, a little bit. It's like twice the size of a credit card, but half as long. And that's inside my wallet. And so then, at any time, I can press the button on either the one in my wallet, the one on my keys, or in the Tile app on my watch or my phone, and I can find any of those other ones. <laughs> so it's kind of cool. I've got like. You know the four things that any any person now can't leave the house with without is your phone, your keys, your wallet, and your Apple Watch if you have one. And <laughs> so there you go. That yeah. So Tile is really helpful in that way, and you can get them in a bundle, you know, of like a, a four pack of like for like it's not bad. They're 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 pretty decent. They make great like stocking stuffer or you know Christmas type gifts. So. And what uh, which watch face? Do you do you prefer now on the on the watch? I am using. Let's see. What am I using? I am typically using the modular, but there are times where I am using the modular where I've pulled all the complications out of it except for the time, and then the time is dimmed down to a really dark slate, tart you know type gray, and that's what I kind of call my movie theater. Uh, watch face. I switch to that when I'm in a theater, so then I can I can raise my arm and I can see the time, but it's not like shining light, so anybody can see it and you know doesn't disrupt people. So that's typically what I'm using. Yeah, because I try I try to go as simple as I can with with the Apple Watch. Mm -hmm. Recently, one of my favorite app um, it's called uh, Zero. Uh, I don't know if you have heard. I don't remember now if one of your in one of your podcasts you had a guest that was talking about health and. Uh, time restricted feeding or um, a diet where you do some fasting. Um, I think so. Yeah, I I think I remember something like that. I, I would need to to find the, find it out. But um, so there is an app called Zero, and the only thing it does it helps you track how much fasting you do. So and the the goal is usually between thirteen and fourteen hours of uh, of fasting. So. Uh, whenever you finish your your dinner in the evening, you would start kind of a timer. It's it's like a timer, and then uh, it tells you, okay, um, the thirteen or fourteen hours goal that you put will be finished in at maybe seven o'clock the next the next morning or eight eight o'clock in the morning. And until very recently, we I had to use the um, the iPhone to do that, and I was always forgetting to do it. <laughs> But now they have an Apple Watch 
a version of it oh, cool. with a complication. And so just with the tap of a button now on the Apple Watch, I can start the timer for the for the zero app. That's cool. I'm going to have to check that one out. I just made a note to check it. Yeah, I think the first time that I heard about that was in a podcast from um, um, Tim Ferriss. And um, yeah, that's uh, that's how I came about this uh, this app. Very cool. Um, so there is a segment in the show that's uh, that I ca- like to call the haha moment. So is there any tip or trick that you discovered recently that uh, you wished you knew before on any of your Apple products? Yeah, and I think that I got this from you, uh, where you offload apps off of your phone and it and I didn't I, when they announced that late last year in the fall with the iOS 11 I didn't understand what the purpose of that was um but then at some point there uh I think you wrote to me and said hey this is what you do with that and this is how <laughs> it works and I started to integrate that in and so uh for people that don't know although this is you know a person people who use Mac products they probably know or maybe they've heard of it essentially uh, what it can do is maintain all the data from that app on your phone, but remove the app from it, it's basically like the shell of the app is is there, but not the the internals of the app or vice versa. It's kind of both at the same time. In other words, um, it, it removes the app without removing the app. And so in order to reuse the app, you have to redownload the app and, there's it usually usually takes a little bit of time to get to that point of you know it'll start to download and then I can say wait I, no I don't want to use Facebook over the weekend and I can press and cancel the download and that's exactly where I've come from I wish I knew about one I wish I knew I knew about it sooner but two I wish I'd been thinking about how to do that sooner and and often that's what happens on say a Friday as kind of a part of my shutdown for the weekend is I will remove uh, or I should say I will offload certain apps so that they're not in my phone for the weekend so that, you know, for example, Skype won't be there. Like I will offload Skype. So that if someone were to send a message that way, I'm not going to see it because I don't have Skype open on my desktop and I don't have it open on my phone to, to, to be able to receive anything. And the same with like Facebook, uh, Twitter is a different story. I don't typically work, use my personal Twitter for work type stuff. So I will allow myself to do that sometimes. But then again, that's another reason why, the iPad comes in handy is I will actually sit down and intentionally do some social media or technology, but then leave it there, leave it on that and not on my phone. So offloading apps. I mean, it's not just, I don't use it for saving space, which I think is what they really intend to use it for. I actually use it more for quality of life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, is there anything that, um, you would like to to automate or to streamline in your current process um, for your podcast or for social media examiner? That's funny because, I mean, I'm always constantly trying to do that. So Mm -hmm. uh, I think one of the ones that was really cool for me was the whole process of, uh, again, the app Just Press Record where I could be out and about and I could record a conversation between myself and someone else for possibly using it in the podcast and have it automatically once I'm back in Wi-Fi sync to my phone slash iCloud slash to my laptop computer. So yeah, to to be able to have that sync that quickly without having to think about it, that was just a no brainer. So I don't know. I'm, I'm always looking to, uh, streamline things a bit, but I've got, I mean, that's something I'm constantly doing for myself personally, as well as for, uh, for the podcast or for, uh, the day job. So yeah, I'm always, I mean, I'm always, I'm following kind of the, the, the sites to see if I can't, you know, get an idea. I'm always listening to, you know, Dan Benjamin and Merlin Mann on back to work to try and see like, where's Merlin at right now? What's he doing? What's he doing? Like, what can I take to, you know, make my own off his stuff, I guess. So. Do you listen to Mac power users? I do. Yes. That was that. Yes. And so that's the other one. Those are the two primary uh, podcasts where I will find Mac uh, information the most. So. 
have you have you joined the, their uh, community talk.macpowerusers.com uh no i haven't uh, that's one of those things where i i, I kind of i'm like i don't know if i have time to get involved <laughs> in yet another online thing so mm-hmm. i should i probably should well it's um it's a great community it's um and you can ask any question over there there will be somebody within within a day and sometimes within a few hours that will answer any question you have about uh, apple products and your mac uh, your iphone your ipad and there is even uh, a section in the in the discourse uh, forum about workflows so about automation and it's um it's it's a great great place to be and uh, that's great i i was not i have a facebook account but i'm not so much on facebook and when they moved away from their facebook group to that uh, discourse forum i was so happy and uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was i was in that group but you know i i also wasn't using facebook as much anymore so so um, at the time of recording so we're on the 13th of September <laughs> <Yes>. yesterday <laughs> yesterday Apple announced the new line uh, of <laughs> of iPhone and an Apple Watch um, anything that is tempting you uh, on that side uh, Eric so it's it's interesting because I I waited to hear the announcement before making a choice about what to do my daughter's phone had got a cracked screen to it and it was out of Apple care and I thought to myself, all right, well, I should just go grab her another cheapest phone I can possibly get. And then I realized, no, you have to wait two weeks to see what comes out because potentially you could give her your phone and then get a new one. And so I waited. And um, I've got to say, like, I'm actually feeling very mature or – um. I don't know. I'm making the right choice where I went ahead and I got her uh, a seven plus and, and I'm going to actually keep my eight plus for another year because everything they announced is great and wonderful. And if I used it, that'd be awesome. But I, what I have now still works great and I don't need to upgrade. So I'm going to hold off. Uh, that said, I'm definitely going to upgrade to the Apple Watch 4. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that I, I can't wait to have a bigger screen. That's always been one of my biggest issues with it is it's it's still a bit small screen-wise, even on the bigger one. And um, having it be twice as fast and a few other things, you know. And, and honestly, I'm a little less uh, – I, I didn't pay a lot of attention back at WWDC when they talked about Watch OS 5. Because I just thought, you know what, I, I don't really need to know when it comes out. I'll figure it out, and you know, I'll learn more about it. But like at this point, I just kind of skipped that one. So, but from what I know, Watch OS five and uh, and Apple Watch four are going to be amazing, and I won't care about not having a, an upgraded this or that or whatever. So, mm-hmm. yeah, phone wise, yeah, it was it was very heavy on on hardware, but they didn't talk so much about iOS 12, uh, WatchOS 5. So it's it's n- still not clear in my mind. Yeah. Uh, I have the Series 3 as well. I, I bought uh, I bought it uh, earlier this year. It's not clear what what I will gain with WatchOS 5 and what I will not get not upgrading to the um, Series 4 for the Apple Watch. So I'll be honest, I'm actually going to wait because uh, WatchOS 5 comes out next week. I still want to get the four. I think the hardware and the screen are worth it, but I'm going to wait and I'm going to see how, uh, you know, I'm going to get you, I'm going to put five, watch OS five on my watch, see how that feels and, and all that. But again, I, I, because I do remember there was, I can't remember if it was watch OS, I think it was watch OS three, which was really kind of a breakthrough back when I had the, the first Apple watch, which I didn't get right away. I waited a year, year and a half and then got it a hundred dollars off. Um, which was great <laughs> um, for brand new. And then there was that watch, I think it was three, where they reworked stuff from the ground up and it just suddenly like was so much faster, even though nothing changed hardware wise. It just made the soft, it made better use of the hardware because of the software. And a, a lot like how I hear 
iOS 12 is going to be for a lot of our devices. So, and again, that's another reason why, you know, I have an eight plus that works fine right now on 11 when 12 comes, like it's probably going to be better for the first time in a long time versus the other way around. Like, and that's what everybody's saying. So I, I really think Apple's kind of turning the corner when it comes to, uh, in a weird way, <laughs> keeping us from getting the latest and greatest, which I know that's what they want. But like, I think they have to make sure people are happy with their older devices so they will upgrade. So yeah, I'm I'm going to hold off on the four for about two weeks, three weeks, but then I'm going to get it. Hmm. So yeah, they even had a segment uh, in the keynote during the keynote when an, an executive came and talked about actually recyclability and the fact that they are really now focusing on on being able to or giving their customers the ability to use the device even longer so already yes. already today it's it's already great <laughs> but they're they're going uh, one step further and yeah it was um i think it was a bold uh, bold statement and um if, i don't know if you re remember Five years ago, between five and ten years ago, there was uh, all these, like not not scandals, but some people were saying, "Oh, uh, Apple is um, is producing is, is uh, creating products that that will not be good after a certain point of time." And uh, how is it? How do we call that? Scheduled obsolescence or something like that? Yeah, it's similar similar to that, and and, and that even and that's from a software standpoint, even. Mm -hmm. But even from a hardware standpoint, there was the whole like bend gate where they were bending the phones. Mm -hmm. and I, I mean, I think we're at a point where, you know, bar, if you, the, the one thing, the one thing I'm still waiting for is for them to really make an almost impossible to shatter glass front to a phone because that's really the thing where it's like you hit, you have, I'm sorry, Apple, your, your products, your phone specifically can be so aesthetically pleasing and you can Johnny Ive me all you want and mm -hmm. say how beautiful it is and it's al aluminum and all this and that and whatever. But like until I don't have to put a case on my phone in case I accidentally drop it and have it like shatter and be out hundreds of dollars, I've got to put a case on it. So I'm, I'm still hopeful for that day. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> there is there is glass stuff out there that I mean, it's in short supply, but that they have been getting to that point where we may see that soon. Mm -hmm. So anyway, <laughs> I, w I was surprised also by the lack of mention regarding the iPad. So they, they didn't talk about the iPad at all. So yeah, I, I suspect there's going to be an October event mm -hmm. at this point because they, they didn't do anything with any laptops. They, they was rumored to have a Mac mini, a new Mac mini upgrade, which I'm kind of interested in to maybe have, have a permanent, but out of the way desktop machine here at my desk because I already have a monitor and then I could I would never have to plug my laptop in. Uh, so iPads, Mac Minis, laptops, the AirPod 2, mm -hmm. um, AirPods 2, I guess is how you'd say it. And even that charging um, flat mat that they announced a year ago that's still not out, which is very un-Apple-like. Mm -hmm. So... I'm guessing there's going to be one more thing. I think there's going to be one more thing uh, <laughs> event-wise before the end of the year. So we'll see. Yeah, that, that was, that's what I was expecting. Like it was. Um, so in, in Luxembourg, with the, the time difference, the keynote starts at 7 p.m. And mm. it usually ends around 9 p.m. And it was like yes. quarter to nine. And I was expecting so the one more thing. <laughs> and actually, the keynote almost ended at that point. And I was like, what? <laughs> Yeah, they took they took a while on the watch, and then they took a while on just the phones, the the yeah. the first set, and then that other in between slash lower one, and yeah, so I yeah I I I feel good with where I'm at. Like I I have an iPad Pro that's a 10.5, and it's only a year old. I have a MacBook here, MacBook Pro 15 inch that's only a year old. I, I mean, I upgraded. I I upgraded everything I had last year. I had the MacBook Pro, the iPad Pro, the iPhone 8 Plus, and the Apple Watch 3, all within like two months of each other, which was not happy for my bank account. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> I so at this point, I'm like, I don't really need to 
convert and i mean it, all of it's running really well and that's great you know like i could upgrade but do i need to no what i actually should do is wait this out and and get it uh to the point where it's um that next next thing you know i'd i'd love i mean i would get i would if i were to upgrade right now what i would have gotten phone wise would have been the the iphone 10 s max because I've, i because i have to have a bigger phone my thumbs are i can i can type much, so much faster with that hmm. so um but that that's a brand new device this year so let's let them have a year to make it better. Let's get, I mean, this was an S speed bump upgrade kind of a year. Let's see what they do with it next year. You know, the 10 or not the 10, do the 11. And also I'm like, where's the nine? There was, there's not no nine and there's never going to be a nine. And also you're still selling the seven and the eight and the seven and the eight plus ditch the seven. Why, why are you offering the seven? I just, I'm so, I'm still so, anyway, you can see, I love Apple, but I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Like streamline your stuff, get it, you mm-hmm. know, selling the seven and the eight does not make sense to me at the same time, but I'm glad the seven's there. Cause then I can go cheaper and still essentially get the same seven and eight phone for my daughter who will then use it for three, four years probably. So anyway. Yeah. So, um... So what's what's next then for you and uh, be on the to-do list? Yeah, so next, uh, honestly, the next thing is I am coming up on 250 episodes. Uh, and I'm basically, I've, I'm planning something with that, kind of a, a retrospective in a way, um, kind of a, you know, here, here's the podcast so far kind of a thing. Um, and then stuff from that, moving on where I've got more solo episodes. Um, often I'm having a conversation with somebody, but I'm going to bring in clips from old episodes and then new lessons from those. So that'll be pretty interesting. And, you know, not just one, I won't just like pull an old episode out, play clips from just that episode and then add stuff to it. It'll be actually clips from multiple episodes. So that's something I'm working on. Uh, I've got, and then I've got a, you know, a project that I'm not going to talk about just yet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the podcast thing where I'm doing other, I'm trying to sit down and work with other people on, uh, some collaborative stuff podcast wise. So we'll see what happens with that. How soon it happens, I should say. Mm-hmm. And so where can people find more about you? Yeah, it's, it's simple. All you need to do, uh, to find out more is to head over to beyond the to-do list com and that's where you can find uh, the all the episodes uh, place to subscribe place to uh, find me on any of the social media outlets and connect with me there great well thank you very much for being on the show and um, yeah I must say uh, thank you also for your show because it's um, it's very helpful. Um, I really like the diversity of guests that you have in uh, on Beyond the To-Do List. And uh, I must also say, say congr- congratulate you on actually your interviewing skills. I really enjoy the way you interview uh, the guests and how you you manage to, to pull and, and synthesize and, and summarize the, the different things that the, the guest has talked about. In, in your own words and uh, which makes uh, a lot of sense and I appreciate that a lot from, from you and your podcast. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening. I'm, I'm so glad that you get stuff out of it because I, I would do it if no one was listening, but maybe not. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure glad everybody's listening that is and, and that you guys let me know. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for the listeners... Um, All the links will be in the show notes available at macpreneur.com forward slash episode 16. If you enjoy the show, please leave a rating or review by visiting macpreneur.com forward slash iTunes. It will help uh, the show be on the radar for other listeners. And if you have any questions or comments about uh, this show, or if you would like to be a guest, please visit macpreneur.com forward slash contact. So that's it for today, and until next time, I'm Daniel Schroes, wishing you a great day. Bye.